Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Do you see what I see? I see a church that for 16 years has loved South Atlanta one relationship at a time. A church that in the past year alone has seen more salvations and baptisms than any other year in its history. I see a church that is committed to making a lasting impact in Coweta and Troop County. A church that has deep relationships in schools and in the community. A church that has trusted God and has followed Him at all cost. But I see more. Do you see what I see? I see a church that is willing to do whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus. A church that is ready for what God has next. I see a church that has established itself in Troop County and is ready for a permanent location. A church that wants to expand throughout South Atlanta. A church that gives out of the overflow of their heart. A church that is the future of the next generation. I see a church that is being the church. I see Southcrest. God has given our church an incredible opportunity to impact His kingdom. Over the next 100 days, we are asking you to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign as we move forward with all that God has planned for our church. Yeah, yeah. Hey, two, two numbers you need to remember today. Number one, 21. Everyone say 21. That's how many days you have left to shop before Christmas. So I throw that out there today. So some of your blood pressure just went up a little bit. Uh, another number, 35. Everyone say 35. That's how many days we have left to college football. And we need to rejoice and make the most of it and be grateful. Because <laughs> it's going to be till August till we see any college football again. I'm glad you're here today. Whether your team won, lost, showed up, didn't show up. Man, you are here on a great, great Sunday. Thank you for being at Southcrest. I want to welcome both of our campuses right now for our Noonan and LaGrange campus. I want both of us to shout together at the same time. Go! Awesome, awesome. We are live between two campuses here and LaGrange, and I'm so glad that you're here to be a part of today. Today is one of those special days. So if you had a friend who said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come because of all the rain, Um, you know, it's just tough. Uh, you need to text them right now and say, dude, you missed it. Okay. Just tell them in advance, like, dude, you missed it. Okay. And if it's a girl, you can say, dude, you missed it. Okay. This is going to be one of those messages. We're launching a new series called, do you see what I see? And obviously we're launching into the Christmas season. So a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to relate to Christmas. But let me say this, God has a funny way of preparing something for the right moment right? He has a funny way of preparing something for the right moment. And you'll see why here in just a minute. In October of 1962, there was a song that was written by Noel Regney and Gloria Baker entitled, Do You Hear What I Hear? We just sang it at both of our campuses today. It is a very well-known song at Christmas time. Okay, if you've never heard that song, you probably didn't grow up in America, but it, we sing it all the time. Do you hear what I hear? What people don't realize is that song was actually written for a different purpose. In October of 1962, some of you may know this, you may not, America was facing the threat of nuclear war. 
There was a crisis going on called the Cuban Missile Crisis. And Russia had taken Cuba, or they had taken missiles and had put them off the coast of Cuba, literally hundreds of miles away from America. And everyone was living in the fear that somehow we were going to be attacked and we were going to face nuclear threat. So these two songwriters got together and here's what they said. We want to write a song that will help take people's eyes off the current crisis. And one of the lines in the song says this, pray for peace, people everywhere. In fact, the the line that we know that becomes this series is this, said the night wind to the little lamb, do you see what I see? A star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Those lyrics literally are a way of them saying to us in a very motif way, take your eyes off the current crisis and put your eyes on something bigger. The idea that they were so focused on nuclear war and the threat of dying that people needed to take their eyes off of their current problems and see something better for their life. Most of us don't know this, but the song didn't become a hit the first year it was out. It wasn't until December of 1963 that Bing Crosby recorded it and put it on his album and it became an international success. Hundreds and hundreds of people have now recorded that very song. But it was all about taking your eyes off the current crisis and see something greater. As if to say your perspective has the potential to change what you see. See, here's our challenge in that. What we see isn't always reality. Because sometimes we only see what we see. We don't see what someone else says. And more importantly, we don't always see what God sees. See, here's our struggle. We have a myopic view of the world. What does the world myopic means? It means it's a nearsighted, it's a biased view. We have the ability to see the world usually through the lens of our own past and our own struggles and our own difficulties. And our struggle with sometimes seeing what God sees is we only see what we see in our life. But think about this for a minute. Think about how different your life and my life could become if we could see what God sees. Think about that. I mean, I feel so limited. Like, you know, I didn't even know who was going to become president. I didn't know how anything was going to turn out a month ago. And, and, and the world was kind of in an uproar about what's going to happen to America. And yet God had already seen it. But how different would it change your life and my life if we could see what God already sees? Think about it. It would change your thoughts. There would be a lot fewer things that you would worry about in your life, right? You wouldn't worry about taxes. You'd be like, I got this. God already knows. God already knows how much I owe. All right. God already knows how I'm going to get the money to pay it. The truth is this. If if we have the ability to see what God sees, it would change how we think about the world around us. And it would probably change what we would do to the world around us. This idea of seeing past ourselves and seeing as God sees has the potential to change everything. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah chapter seven. Isaiah chapter seven. As you turn over there today, I wanna give you a little bit of the backstory of the passage. The book of Isaiah is about this guy named Isaiah. He's a prophet. God tells Isaiah, these are the prophecies I want you to go tell my people about. This is what I say in Isaiah, I want you to go tell them. So in chapter six, Isaiah has this encounter with God. It's an amazing encounter with God. 
It changes his life. In fact, it was in that encounter that God literally says to him, Isaiah, I want to use you beyond yourself and I want you to go out and I want you to tell people what I say and it's going to change the world. So in Isaiah chapter seven, we read of a king. His name is King Ahaz. King Ahaz is the grandson of King Uzziah. He's the king that dies in chapter six when Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up, right? But what do we know about King Uzziah? We talked about him this summer in our series. The King Uzziah was so strong and so com- comfortable and confident in and of himself that he didn't trust God. And what went wrong is he became too strong. The idea that when we in ourselves become too strong and too secure and too confident in of ourselves, we typically don't trust God, right? I mean, we trust God when we get diagnosed, but a lot of times we don't trust God when the paycheck comes in and says, hey, I have 3,000 more dollars. I'm gonna trust God. No, we, we, we go to Target, okay? <laughs> Some of you men say, amen. She went to Target, okay. So King Ahaz, he continues the ways of his father or his grandfather. He's confident in himself. In fact, he's so confident that he makes a treaty and a pact with some people across some borders that are known as Assyria. Now at this time as the king, the kingdom was divided into two parts. There was Syria and Ephraim and there was Judah. He was the king of Judah. The only problem is the Northern kingdom leaders of Syria and Ephraim came to him and said, we want you to align with us and against Assyria. And in Ahaz's mind, he's got a problem. He says, wait a minute, I've already made a treaty with these other people. You guys ever seen Survivor? You know what I'm talking about. They go somewhere off on the island. They say, listen, I will never vote against you ever. And then they're sent to tribal council and they totally vote against each other. Okay, King Ahaz is having a survivor moment in this moment of his life. He's already made a treaty and he's playing so much politics that he can't trust God. In fact, he's not trusting God for anything. He's like, man, I can do this on my own. And then Syria and Ephraim decide, you know what? The only way we can protect ourselves against the Assyrians is to get King Ahaz out. So they're trying to figure out a way to take him out because they want their guy in. And so what happens in the midst of this? The prophet Isaiah, he comes to Ahaz and Ahaz is afraid because he sees all these people coming around him about to destroy him. And here's what he says to Isaiah. Isaiah, I want you to go to King Ahaz and I want you to give him a sign. In fact, I want you to tell him what I see. Not what he sees, but what I see. I want you to give him the ability to see what I see because if he sees what he sees, he will turn my people back to me and not away from me. And that's where we catch up with the story. Look at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ahaz, the Lord your God, the Lord your God, for, uh, ask, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the, the highest heights. In other words, God says, I want you to see what I see. And look what happens here, verse 12. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Now at that moment, you, you go, wait a minute. He had to be a godly king. He's sitting there saying to God, God, I'm not gonna test you. Now here's what he was saying. Has God ever told you to do something in your life and you tried to figure out a way to get out of it? right? God tells you, this is what I want you to do. And you take a part of what God said and try to make it sound like something to get you out of what you know God really wants you to do. I've done it. We've all done it, right? Are you guys alive today? Raise your hand. Okay. I feel like it's just me up here today. All right. Trust me, the rain won't melt you. I know you're sugar, but sugar, you're good. Okay. It won't melt you. But here's the thing, guys, listen, we all get into that place in our life. And Ahaz says, listen, 
God, I don't want to put you to the test. In other words, Lord, I I would never test you. And God says, no, 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 no. You don't understand Ahaz because look what he says in verse 13. Then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David. Now hang on that for a second. It is not enough to try the patience of humans. Will you try the patience of my God? Now that's weird because he's talking about Ahaz and then suddenly he starts talking about the house of David. Here's what happens. He changes the tense of the verb in the Hebrew. Let me explain it. Before he's talking to Ahaz and he's like, hey, I'm talking to you. But he goes from talking to you and we have a term in the South we use to I'm talking to y'all. You know what I'm talking about? That's what the plural is in the Hebrew word. He says, here now, you house of David. He's talking about all his people. He said, it's not enough to try to try the patience of, of men. And now you're trying to try the patience of God also. He changes the word because he wants us to understand that you and I are a part of that house. And look at verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. In other words, I'm gonna give you the ability to see what I see. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That word means God with us. See, in this moment, King Ahaz begins to see what God sees. And here's what God sees. People and generations. Long after his kingship is over. And God looks at him and says, listen, you have spent your whole life thinking that I am for you. But now because I love you and I see the condition you're in, I'm now going to choose to be with you. Isn't it amazing? There are a lot of people in your life that are for you, but there are a few people in your life who are with you. God says, listen, it's not enough for me to just stand up in here and be your God. I'm gonna literally wrap myself in human flesh and I'm gonna come to the earth to change the world. Can you imagine the hope that that must've instilled into that moment? They're thinking, hey, we're gonna lose our kingship. We're gonna lose our kingdom. And God says, I wanna drop a truth bomb on you. I'm gonna do more than just help you through your little crisis because I want you to see something, what? Bigger. I want you to see something better that I'm about to send my son, Jesus, and he is gonna save the world. God sees people. God sees nations. He sees generations of people. And he looks forward. And when God saw the condition of the world, he gave what? He gave himself. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He saw and he gave. You know what that tells me about our life? When we see as God sees, we will give as God gives. I mean, isn't that cool? Like, isn't that, how many of you guys want to see what God sees? Raise your hand. I do. I want to see what God sees. I want to have his perspective of my life and my world and even my challenges and even my troubles. I certainly want to see his perspective about my past. But when we see as God sees, then suddenly we will probably do as God did. He gave. We will give as God gives. Why am I sharing that with you today? Because as your pastor, I want to tell you what I see. I want to tell you a vision of what I see and what God is doing. A couple of months ago, I brought our staff team together and asked them to begin to pray about the vision of our church as we move forward. Where is God taking us? What do we see God doing? I met with our staff and I even met with our vision team. And as we saw the needs of our church, 
and began to ask God to move, we prayed very specifically, Lord, show us what you see so that we can move as you want us to move. The very day after I prayed that prayer, at a vision team meeting on a Sunday afternoon, the very next morning, our campus pastor, Pete Shoger from our LaGrange campus came to me and said, Pastor, there's a piece of property that I want to show you. Many of you know this, many of you don't, but being a multi-site church, we have two campuses. Most of you come to this campus every Sunday and it's like, man, worship starts at 9.30. I'm gonna do my best to be there by 9.40, okay? Our LaGrange campus, they set up and tear down every week. We rent a theater for four to five hours. In fact, their heart starts moving at about 12.30 because the cinema starts at one and they gotta be out before the popcorn comes out of the concession stand. You know what I'm talking about? But every single week, they do church. Every single week. And let me say this, they've done an amazing job. So Pete calls me, says, Pastor, I think there's this piece of property you might wanna go look at. That following Friday, we take two of our vision team guys and a couple of our staff and we go down to LaGrange and we see a piece of property with the availability to lease in the city of LaGrange in a long-term scenario. We toured it, we walked through it, and what we saw amazed us. We saw an opportunity to renovate very quickly in a very cost-effective manner, almost 13,000 square feet for our LaGrange campus. Giving us room to do worship, kids ministry, have office space for our staff down there and to have parking. Now, many of you don't know this. You say, well, where does our staff currently office? It's this really cool place called Starbucks. Have y'all ever heard of it? (laughs) For two plus years, our staff sits in Starbucks and meets with people. That's their office. And so our staff has been working on this and we've been looking through this. We saw the opportunity, God, are you in this? And I wanna say this, whether it's this property or another one, a property like this one would allow our LaGrange campus to have a permanent presence in the city of LaGrange. Over 200 people a week attend our LaGrange campus. Over 458 unique families have gone through the doors in two years. God's doing something in the city of LaGrange. In fact, I want to show you a couple pictures. Whether we end up leasing this or not, I want you to see it. It's called the Clock Tower Shopping Center. This is Lafayette Parkway. This is exit 18. 20,000 people drive in front of this place every day. Within here, there's a place that used to be a four cinema theater. It is now for lease. We would be leasing this part right here, which is about 12,600 square feet. Inside the building, I want to show you, this is what already exists. Do you see what I see? (laughs) Are you kidding me, God? Like we got on our knees and prayed as a vision team and said, God, if you want us to see something that you see, show us what the next day we hear about this. We walk in and we see this opportunity. Look at the next slide there. The area to build our kids' spaces out. A lot of it's already renovated. We just got to go in and do what we do. And then you say, but Sean, it's a shopping center. The parking problems are gonna be horrible. Well, that's what we thought too, is we're going on going. The first thought in our mind is we can't park enough people here on Sundays until we go out the back door and realize that there's this, a whole parking area designated for us as the anchor tenant of this shopping center. A property like this 
could open up the doors of reaching LaGrange in a whole new way. You say, well, what have you done about it? We've been meeting with the owners, talking to them about a potential lease on the property. And I want to say honestly to both of our campuses today, this may happen, this may not happen. But here's what this has done for our staff and our vision team. God is calling us to move forward and see what he sees. And regardless of this property happens or not, God wants us to have a permanent presence and a permanent campus in the city of LaGrange. Of that, we are sure. Okay. Our staff has been meeting with builders, meeting with electricians, meeting with people to understand the cost. And we've been securing bids. At the same time, There's needs at our Noonan campus. And I want to talk about that for a second. Our church continues to grow and change. In August of 2017, we will have been in this room, this worship center for five years. Can you believe that? Five years. Think of the, yeah, that's awesome. Think of the lives that have been changed in this place. Think of the families that have been restored in this place. Think of the teenagers that have come in here on Wednesday nights and given their life to Christ in this place. It's amazing. But as we continue to think about that, you also need to think that this building alone, we've been in this building in August, 10 years. This space is only five years old. The rest of the building is 10 years old that we have been in and have been occupying this space. We have many needed upgrades and repairs that we need to address and that can no longer wait. We finished our worship center in 2012 on a very lean budget. In fact, I want to praise our staff and our people because they have done more with less over the last five years and they have done it with excellence. However, many of the renovations, pieces of gear, ministry spaces are now in need of repair, expansion, and upgrades. In addition, we moved into this building in 2007 and our preschool and kids space was good for where we were as a church. We were running about eight or 900 people. We now have over 3,000 members. Have you seen our preschool hallway lately? When you're a church running six, seven, eight, 900 people, that suffice. We were gonna put our staff team down there and take a little photo for you. But we decided not to because here's the thing, guys. I believe that parents of children need a place that's not only safe and clean and exciting, but to have room to grow our preschool and our children's ministry. It's one of the areas during Life Vision Phase 2 we were never able to address to the extent that we wanted to. But I believe now is the time to address that. We need to redesign these spaces to meet the needs of our growing families. And I love the heart of our church about children. You see, parents of kids, they want an engaging space to help their kid find a personal relationship with Jesus. Look, this is our Crest Kids area right here. Every Sunday, our old worship center, if you know this or not, is our Crest Kids space. And you say, well, it's big enough. It certainly is, but guys, listen. If I could tell you that all you needed was a big enough room to reach people, I would be lying to you. Today, you reach a lot of people through technology and the use of technology in creative ways and spaces. So it's time to bring some upgrades to allow our Crest Kids Auditorium to be what it needs to be for our children. On top of that, I want you to see this worship center here. You say, man, this is awesome. You've been in here five years. Every week our staff comes to me and says, Pastor, we have a piece of equipment that is now broken, that now doesn't work. What do you want us to do? And I can't tell you, I watch guys with soldering irons. (laughs) I I watch guys do amazing things, right? 
In fact, I, w- I just want to tell you how, I want to show you how, how dutiful our staff is. You see this background behind me? If you were to go out and buy it from a professional entity, it would cost you about $6,000. Our staff built that for $300. I'm just telling you, okay? And here's why I'm telling you that. You say, well, why do we need to upgrade the worship center? Listen, we have sound needs in here. At times, it feels very loud in here. Why? Because we built our own acoustical panels in here. This wasn't done by a designer. We built it all. There's areas that need carpet. Why? Because it helps with sound. There's things that we couldn't do in 2012 that it's time that we do that. You say, well, I'm fine in here. It doesn't matter. Well, listen, it's not about you. It's bigger than you. Let me explain. In 2012, when we moved into this worship center, our teenagers were still meeting over there in the Chris Kids Auditorium. The problem is now they've outgrown that. And I want to introduce to you today and show you our student building here at South Crest. Look around. This is it. Every Wednesday night, hundreds of teenagers come into this room and worship. Look at this photo. This is a Wednesday night photo of our student ministry. Every Wednesday night, kids are baptized in that baptistry and they jump up and run and clap and Snapchat and tell everyone about, hey, so-and-so got baptized and I so-and-so met Jesus. Listen, folks, this worship center is bigger than the use on Sunday morning. We now host gatherings in here. We've been approached by the Tim Tebow Foundation to host the Night to Shine Gathering, which is a special needs prom for people with special needs. This space meets lots of needs. We need to bring the upgrades to bring this space to where it needs to be. So today I wanna lay out for you a very simple plan that's strategic to help us accomplish both of these things together in a very short amount of time. See, we're a multi-site church and we are one church meeting in multiple locations. We're mutually dependent on each other because our vision is to reach South Atlanta one relationship at a time. It's not relegated to one location. So today we're launching a giving campaign that will benefit both of our campuses and will allow us to move our mission forward. And here's what it's called. Do you see what I see? I want to share with you the need today. Because you go, gosh, man, that's a lot. It's probably going to cost millions of dollars. No, we've already done the math work for it. This is what we need to raise over the next 100 days, $525,000. Let me give you the dates of the campaign because it's only going to last 100 days. You say, why not a year? Why not two years? Because we have the immediate opportunity if this lease goes through for us to build a permanent space for LaGrange immediately. And that opportunity, we don't want to see go by us. And if it's that opportunity, great. If God's got another one, we're great with that too. We're just chasing God and believing him. But here's what we know. In the next 100 days, if we can raise this money, we can do both of those projects together. And I want to explain the difference between the two. What is the total amount needed for each campus? At LaGrange, $350,000. You say, you mean to tell me you can build out a whole campus for $350,000? We sure can. You forget I was a student pastor for 20 years. I built a lot of things with no money. And here's what I know. I know how to make every dollar and our staff team knows how to make every dollar count. And let me tell you what, if we raise this money together as part of this 525,000, it will provide for the permanent build out of a campus in the city of LaGrange. And that's huge. Let me tell you the need about Noonan, $175,000 for the renovations and upgrades to our preschool, kids and worship areas. 
Every one of those, we've been accepting bids and talking to builders and talking to people and how do we do all this? We've already got a plan together as a staff. So why 100 days and not a year? Because of the urgency of the opportunity. You know, there are times that God opens a door and you gotta be ready to go into it. And let me say this, to sign a lease on a long-term lease in the city of LaGrange, we don't have the build-out dollars in hand to do it today. Otherwise, we'd say, well, we'll just borrow against tomorrow. We don't do that. We have 100 days to raise the money to do what we believe God is calling us to do. And let me say this too. We really actually need to raise, because I'm being very transparent with you today, 150,000 of that by the end of December in order to sign a lease and build moving forward in January. You say, wow, that doesn't seem like a lot. Well, maybe it's not, but here's the thing. It's gonna take all of us to see that happen. It's gonna take all of us. So you may be here today and you say, well, how do I pledge and give to this campaign? How do I do this? Why are we accepting pledges? Because some of you need to pray about what you're gonna give and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But others of us, we know, man, it's like, man, I'm ready to give today. Today, all of our ushers right now, both of our campus are gonna hand you one of these cards. It's called a Do You See What I See pledge card. They're gonna begin to hand those out right now. And as they do, I'll explain the card in just a second. But while they do that, I want you to watch this video about the campaign that we launched beginning today. Watch this if you would. Do you see what I see? I see a church that for 16 years has loved South Atlanta one relationship at a time. A church that in the past year alone has seen more salvations and baptisms than any other year in its history. I see a church that is committed to making a lasting impact in Coweta and Troop County. A church that has deep relationships in schools and in the community. A church that has trusted God and has followed Him at all cost. But I see more. Do you see what I see? I see a church that is willing to do whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus. A church that is ready for what God has next. I see a church that has established itself in Troop County and is ready for a permanent location. A church that wants to expand throughout South Atlanta. A church that gives out of the overflow of their heart. A church that is the future of the next generation. I see a church that is being the church. I see Southcrest. God has given our church an incredible opportunity to impact his kingdom. Over the next 100 days, we are asking you to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign as we move forward with all that God has planned for our church. Today at both of our campuses, both of you should have received one of these pledge cards. We're asking people to make pledges, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. But some of you say, Pastor, I don't even want to pledge. I just want to give. I want my pledge to be anonymous. Just give. Listen, you can go to southcrest.church forward slash do you see and give straight through that website. That is where we'll give our pledges. But let me ask you, or let me answer this question. Some of you say, Pastor, you're crazy. It's December. Listen, as a pastor, I never dreamed I'd be standing in a church starting a giving campaign on the 1st of December, but I want to explain why. 
Southcrest has a long history of a very, very awesome Christmas offering. For years, at Christmas time, we've given to needs over and above our normal budget. This time, this year, this campaign will replace that. So we're not doing our annual Christmas stuff. You see, some of you, you went to your mailbox over Thanksgiving and you said, wow, pastor didn't send me a letter about giving this year. You thought I forgot. <laughs> the truth is we've been waiting to share this with you today because this will replace our annual Christmas offering. The other reason we're launching in December is this. There are many of you that will want to give large gifts because of tax purposes. And this allows you to make use of year-end giving so that you can give in that manner. So I want to tell you how you can take action today. How can I take action? Number one, I'm going to ask you to pray about what the Lord wants you to give. Pray about it. Listen, don't do this. Don't go to your bank account and see much you can give because of what your bank account says. Go to heaven and see what heaven says you should give because of what heaven sees. Tracy and I, we already started talking about what we feel like the Lord may be leading us to give. And we're praying about that amount and how much we want to give now and how much throughout the campaign. But pray about what the Lord wants you to give. Number two, turn in your pledge cards by December 18th in worship or online. You can fill out a pledge card online at the website or you can take the card you have and turn it in at our offering time over the next couple of weeks. But here's the thing. We need to get all of our pledges in by December the 18th. As we talk about the opportunity, even down in LaGrange and even some of the things we want to see happen here at Noonan, there's a great need to know what our people have pledged. And then number three, give now through our website to, or the Do You See envelope. Next week, there will be an envelope in every seat back that's a different color envelope. You can give on the website or you can give this way. Some of you say, well, pastor, I would love to give a gift, but it's not a cash gift. It's a non-cash gift. It's stocks. It's bonds. It's property. It's something that maybe the, the church could use and turn around into dollars. Let me say this. If you have those type of assets, I encourage you to call Lisa Glenn, our business administrator here at the church, and she will talk with you about those things. Every year, we have different people that says, man, I would love to give a cash gift, but I'm going to give this much stock. That goes a long way in making a difference in a campaign like this. But I will tell you this, beginning today and through the end of March, we're going to be updating you weekly in worship and on our website through the campaign website, forward slash do you see, and you'll begin to see where we're going. Also, on December 18th, I'm asking all of our children's areas to take up a special offering in our kids' areas. Why? Because I believe God wants to take our kids on this journey. You might be shocked at how generous some of your children are. Why? Because they want to see people's lives changed. We're going to be sharing with you some stories about things we already know happening in kids' lives and how through this offering, they're going to be able to see that happen. On Wednesday night, the 14th of December, in our student ministry, they're going to be taking up a special offering here on Wednesday nights. You say, well, teenagers don't have a lot of money. You would be shocked. Teenagers have more discretionary income in their pocket than any generation before them. And I believe we need to help them see what God sees. All of our church will be involved in this. So some of you say, well, do you want me to take what I'm already giving to Southcrest and give it to this campaign? Do you just want me to divert my giving? The answer is no. Listen, folks, we have weekly needs every week to run the mission and ministry of this church whether it's our facilities, our ministry budgets, our staff, 
We count on people giving consistently to our general budget. Please don't take money you would give to the general budget and give it as a campaign. That's another reason why it's not gonna be a one-year, two-year, three-year campaign. You see a lot of that. But for 100 days, I want you to pray about what the Lord would have you give over and above your normal giving. That's where Tracy and I are. We're asking in faith, God, show us that number. And then once we know it, we're just gonna go for it. We're just gonna see what God does. So how achievable is this goal? Well, it's very achievable. I wanna show you this chart we've created. There are 900 families in our church between LaGrange and Noonan. If 900 of them gave $583, we'd be done. Let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be cool January 15th to stand up and say, we're done. We got it. We're ready. We're moving forward. Listen, God can do those things. I serve a God who's able to do immeasurably more. I just do. 450 families gave this amount, we would reach that goal. 263, 150 families, if they would give a one-time gift, we would be done. 100 families would give this gift. The truth is this, this is a very attainable goal. And there's one more that's not on the chart. I just want to announce today that if one family would just give (laughs) $525,000, I, as the pastor of this church, would take you out to dinner, my treat, Wax your car and ensure that several children in our church would be named after you. (laughs) So some of you ask this question, what if I can only give blank? See, that's where we start in this. That's why the pledge card is so important. Because many times we go look and say, what do I have left over that I can give to this? The truth is, what does God want us to give? And we start with this question, what if I can only give? And see, every one of us is gonna fill in this blank differently. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Give it in faith. Give it in faith. I want to tell you a story. In 2004, I was on staff at Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas. We started a building campaign that was $38 million. Imagine the gasp in the room when you stand up and say, we're launching a campaign of $38 million. People weren't cheering. People were like, oh, it's going to be uncomfortable. A lady after that service walked into our pastor's wife and handed her a ring and said, this is what I, the name of the, the name of the campaign was called Special Treasures. She said, this is what I want to give to Special Treasures. She said, this was a very special ring to me, but it's something that I know if you could take it and turn it into dollars, it could go to reach people for Jesus. Someone heard about that. The following week, the pastor stood up and said, hey guys, I have this ring. If anyone would like to buy it, all the money will go to our campaign. Someone walked in that week and paid $1,000 for that ring. Two weeks later, someone paid $3,500 for that ring. People people kept walking up saying, can I buy that ring? People would wanna know on Sunday, how much is that ring worth now? Well, the last person just bought it for $7,000. Would you like to buy it? Within three months, that ring raised over $1.2 million. I was there to see that miracle happen. I will never forget the day that we walked up and we said, someone just paid over $500,000 for this ring. Would anyone like to buy it today? Guys, I'm telling you, nothing's impossible with God when we get on board with seeing what he sees. In fact, let me say it to you this way. 
giving has a refractive ability. Now, you don't know what that word refraction means, but it's a scientific term. But I want to show you. See, God wants us to see what he sees. But you know the method that God uses us to see what he sees? It's through generosity. It's through giving. Every one of us in this room, whether we realize it or not, our giving has a refractive ability. And here's what we think. If we see as God sees, then we will give as God gives, right? We started with that question today. Man, if I could see what God sees, I wouldn't care about what I give. I just give so much more generously, right? Because I see it. But what we don't realize is maybe we have it backwards. Maybe if we flip that script and when we give as God gives, then we will see as God sees. Let me give you an example. This is a jar. Every one of you see the pattern through that jar. That pattern is just nothing but a pattern. It's just the way that you see it because you don't see anything that changes the way you see it. But when you take yourself or you take what God's given in you and you give it and you pour it out and you pour it away, suddenly what you see begins to look different. It changes what you see. Giving has a refractive ability. You say, well, I want to see the world differently. I want to see what God sees. Step out in faith and give as God gives, and then suddenly you will begin to see the world the way God sees it. It's both and. The truth is this. When we give in faith, God has the power to take what we give and change how we see the world. Let's pray together. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you have made a decision for Christ or have any prayer request, please email us at hello at southcrest.tv. If you would like to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign, please check out our website at southcrest.church forward slash do you see.